0: Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to Hi-Fi Hour. As promised, I have Terry from Premiere here with me to talk about uh, a bunch of stuff, actually. We're going to talk about the MP5 uh, uh, Prisma that I just reviewed, which actually came out today. And so this is going to be coming out tomorrow. So came out yesterday. Uh, and we're going to be talking about CD players and just you know the whole full gamut of what Premiere has to offer. He's coming to us from Sweden right now. So it's midnight where I'm at in Denver and it's uh, about 8ish over there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. A little early. a little
0: early I, I, I just want to move to Sweden. You know why? Because Terry Terry and I have talked uh, and we've been good buddies for gosh, over almost 2 years since my channel started and you know, I follow you on social media and you post some of the best pictures of of just living the best life over there. So I I am totally jealous and, you know, uh, I would love to go visit someday. Maybe, you know, if I ever go, if I ever, uh, you know, have the the guts to go to Munich and see that show, maybe I can take a train up the, or take, take a little flight to Sweden and, and go see you.
1: Well, you definitely should, should go to the Munich show, which is coming up soon. And then you should definitely come up here because Malmo is a little, kind of a wonderful pocket. Uh, we've got such a diverse and young city with so much technology going on. Um, the university here, the young university here, uh, Malone university was started as a tech incubator. And so the claim is, is that seven new startups happen every day here. Really? Um, and we have massive gaming community and, and there's all kinds of traditional tech. Uh, Ericsson's headquarters were, were, or are here um and so there's this kind of amazing mix of youthful energy entrepreneurial spirit that reflects in things like probably you're referring to restaurant posts that i do there's all kinds of great food and drink and wonderful music and and all kinds of things going on here so come on up
0: wait actually i'm curious because I, I didn't ask you you went to a uh concert the other day didn't you
1: yeah well, i go to quite a few <laughs> Yeah, so there was the Sibelius Symphony uh, Festival from Memo Live, um, uh, which is a concert hall whose acoustics are modeled on the music of Orion in Vienna. And if anyone knows that, it's considered to be one of the best acoustical environments in the world. Um, really? And then within that same facility, there is the Black Box, uh, where Jean michel Blaise played, a kind of ambient uh, uh, piano player. Uh, and then I had a, a good friend uh, Paul Tazon come up from uh, Padua to see the Kings of Convenience uh, mm-hmm. were here uh, not too long ago so those are the kinds of things that that happen here pretty regularly so it's
0: kind of, you it's, know yeah, it's and I know you 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 work for premier and they're they're based there and everything and now uh let's just say you don't work for premier would you stay in Sweden because I know you're American, so yeah, yeah. you would stay in Sweden indefinitely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, in fact, I've applied for citizenship and I'm, I'm ready to stay. Um, as that you can probably boy. tell from the gray here, I'm a, an older man. So, oh, um, uh, there, yeah, there's no, there's no desire for me to move elsewhere. There's just something about Sweden and in particular, this area, because for those who don't know, um, 20, 30 minute train ride, we're in the center of Copenhagen. Oh, wow. uh, and, and so we have access to all of that really large metropolitan area provides. And then from there, and that's the other thing that's kind of interesting to be in the electronics industry here, you get into that area of say, southern Sweden, and then the island on which Copenhagen is and then those directly next to that, where there's all kinds of electronics, development, design, manufacturing, audio electronics going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we just had our friends from audio vector visit us, the speaker company that are in Copenhagen, and,
0: and, Matt's and, and, just um, had a match just had a baby. Yes, yes, he did. He sure did. And he's
1: looking pretty fresh. Uh, I was kind Is of he? surprised. Uh, he didn't I,
0: I would have expected him to be exhausted.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 no, 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 no. He's he, he keeps himself well fit. So, I think he's going to be able to survive this without too much trouble. Yeah. He's got some well,
0: experience. He, he grew up in this industry, so he he's he's been trained from an early age to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's great, man. I actually I went to I was supposed to go to a concert last Friday uh because i've i've been a huge fan of actually i have their cd right here uh, it's a band called mogwai mm-hmm. there i think they're scottish or i think they, yeah. they're they're from europe and they were playing at a venue in denver but then i looked up the venue and i looked up the area and i'm like not you know not where i want to go late at night with my girlfriend you know Mm-hmm. Uh, which is unfortunate because I think they could have pulled a bigger crowd. The venue they chose was very small. Mm-hmm. It was older. It was kind of, kind of run down, uh, which normally are some of the best venues. But in this case, I, I passed on it. And then the very next night, my girlfriend, uh, surprised me. She's like, well, I got us some tickets to go see the Colorado Springs Philharmonic, which is the, I think the only professional Philharmonic in Colorado. And, um, they were doing the score for Indiana Jones Raiders Mm -hmm. of the Lost Ark. Uh, And we got, we had, we had the opportunity. I've never seen the movie, So it it came out what a year before I was born. And uh, I was watching it. uh, I was watching the film with the orchestra right in front of me Uh um, because we had horrible seats. So part of the, you know, the composer's head was in the part of the screen, but Hey, it was, it was honestly a really cool experience. And, the acoustics and I mean, you couldn't ask for a better soundstage than a real soundstage, you know, like, and I know that that's what high end speakers uh, strive to do is -hmm. to recreate something of that magnitude. But when you're there and you just hear how just crisp and clean and amazing you got this coming from this direction, that coming from that direction, it's, it was incredible. It was a great experience. The movie was good too. I had never seen it and I thought it was delightful. So, uh, well,
1: there is that sense that there's just nothing like it. I mean, I'm a big fan of large scale orchestral presentations, works, Mm -hmm. but, but, the interesting thing about what you were talking about with the somewhat dodgy hall we have one here in melbourne called plan b that is in this street filled with car repair shops and you've got to know where you're going to go down an alley and around a corner to get there um and really like, I, I, I didn't-
0: I wouldn't picture there being a ghetto in in Sweden. Well, <laughs> y- you wouldn't recognize
1: it as such, actually, if you were to but, but nonetheless, uh, it, it, you know, you have uh, just the kind of raw kind of rock and roll kind of punk uh, aspect to that. And then you go to something as, as, as uh, for lack of a better word, as sophisticated as this big concert hall. But then but then Kings of the Convenience, just these two guitars and their two voices um, mm-hmm. in this lovely little uh, venue we have here as well called Selective Set. Um, the variety of that presentation, and it doesn't matter whether it's a single voice, single instrument or a large scale orchestra, there is something about live music that while we come close and we certainly strive to provide a, a portion of that experience, we're still we're still a ways away from being able to have that. And I think it's also, Partly due just to the aspect of the event. You're in this hall with other people, and particularly after the two years we've spent being relatively isolated and removed mm-hmm. from others, there's a kind of a celebration, man, of the senses and being alive and, and this kind of amazing thing that human beings do in creating music. So, yeah, it's yeah. just, a, you, get, you get me excited about talking about live music and not well, a little... Like, it's,
0: to- it's phenomenal. And even as a younger younger man, when I was in my... Uh, I didn't start going to concerts till my uh, mid twenties, I think I was, I, I went to see, uh, the family values tour that had just come back and it was, uh, corn and Evanescence were headlining. Oh, and when Evanescence came on and, and she is just, you know, you really don't know the range of a person's voice until you hear it live. You know, yeah. you, you hear it on CD or you hear it on streaming. It sounds fantastic. But when when she got on, man, she has a, some pipes. Mm-hmm. she was if you closed your eyes you would think you're you're listening to something that has been pre-recorded and post-produced and mastered you know what i'm saying her voice was just impactful yeah. and the and it, luckily i was i had i was almost you know near the front row so i had great seats and it, it was one of those memories that i won't forget you know and that was one of my first concerts i ever been to and Since then, I've been to, I mean, I've been to a lot of concerts and I do enjoy going to them, but like you said, man, live music, there's something, there's something magical about it, Mm -hmm. you know, about actually, cause we're in this industry, right? We're in the industry of providing, uh, you know, obviously I do evaluations you're on the manufacturing side, but at the end of the day, we get to play with fun equipment, and fun gear and we get to listen to music for a living really realistically. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know we do other stuff but <laughs> I mean the, the 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 core the foundation is we listen to music for a living and I think that is one of the coolest things we, we could ever do because oh, for people yeah. that love music yeah. this is it you mm-hmm. know so but the where it gets difficult is especially for me is when I get so many different types of gear Oh, and yeah. uh, people ask me to uh, contrast, compare, tell me how it sounds. It's like certain, and I find myself when I evaluate certain uh, uh, certain products, it's like, well, that one sounded a heck of a lot like the other one. And it's like, how what am I, what, how am I supposed to articulate this? So you are going to help me today, sir, because I just put out that video about the NP5 Prisma. Mark 2. Mm-hmm. I explained to everybody in depth in the video uh, about the fire at AKM mm-hmm. and how you. I don't know if you've had a chance to see the video, but uh, <laughs> I know I literally posted you, you just woke up. So, <laughs> and, and this thing's only been live for a few hours and people are, are responding to it. And um, I, I explained the fire, the AKM fire, which uh, I explained that uh, you know, I kind of used a funny. Uh, a funny segue in, in the video to to let people know how you guys handled that. I basically let them know that Premier is a company that took a bad situation, which was the AKM fire and the pandemic, and sourced out another uh, chip, another uh, chip to go inside the unit, uh, a chip that actually improved the unit. So not only did you replace the original chip with a ti chip and you added mqa and you added uh dsd over pcm with rune um and that to me is mind-blowing because a lot of times when companies face this type of i'd say speed bump they they don't know what to do they you know they scramble they they try to figure it out but you guys executed it with such class it within within what six to eight months you had a brand new mark II version of this this product and you were ready to go that's that's incredible
1: well I, I appreciate I appreciate you saying that um, uh, it was a lot of hard work um, and there is that sense though that in some ways that effort speaks to the heart of the nt5 prisma project um, in that it was originally designed really by taking our prisma module that's in our full featured network player, DAC, integrated amplifier, preamplifiers, those kinds of products and provide our existing or our original streaming customers with up-to-date streaming services. Mm -hmm. We developed that over a decade ago um, uh, before any of the streaming services we now take for granted even were launched. Um, And so while the application that ran say a NAS drive, a network connected hard drive, still functions and works well, the streaming app very quickly became outdated and in such a way that we couldn't provide a meaningful update. And so by taking the Prisma module, um, uh, putting it into a cost-effective housing, no display, et cetera, wall work, power supply, those kinds of stuff, we tried to provide for our existing customers as well as those who who had never had streaming in their product. Anyone that had a digital to analog conversion DAC input to digital input on their product could add the latest streaming services. And so there is that sense that as technology moves forward so quickly, it's hard to keep up. And, and and there is new developments as we go along. In fact, we just had to eliminate 11 Android tablets at primary because even though they were only four years old, they no longer can be updated to the most recent operating system. And so for testing, we'll keep some of them around to make sure that the app works on older models, but then we'll have to get new models. And so this moves through very quickly, and I'm. I'm extending the story longer than it should. But when the AKM chip fire came along, we realized that there were some certain things that we could add that might add utility for some people. I've been trying to be good in, in videos I've done to make sure that people understand that the original product, that unless they need these two new features, that the, uh, the, the replacement sample rate converter chip Um, allowed us to provide, there's no need to think that they have an outdated product. There's no need to think that they need to get the Mark II version or a different version. And so, as you mentioned, with this new sample rate converter chip to replace the AKM, it's a Texas instrument, we could do a couple of things. We could allow for the MQA pass-through. Now, to be clear, it's not MQA. It just allows for the MQA signal to be passed through the device unaltered, unaltered, which means that with the old sample reconverter chip, the uh, MQA DAC would detect that there had been some technology, some circuitry that the file had passed through and that it may not be authorized anymore, master quality authorized. And so that chain of custody into the, in, the DAC's mind would have been interrupted. And therefore, it wouldn't allow for the unfolding of the MQA file that you might have stored on an AS drive or coming through from title masters, let's say. And so by restructuring the circuit around the new sample rate converter chip, we can allow for that signal to be sent through unaltered and still offer them that authorization. And then the other thing, and this is the interesting thing that happens, and I have to be careful when I describe this, is that we're a little bit tied to the technology license holders that we're working with. So whether that's Apple for AirPlay, Google for Chromecast, and then for Rune authorization. Um, We were going through the certification process, and it took a little bit longer than we had hoped for. But as usual with these kinds of things, when these license holders suggest certain features, even though it may take a little longer to adopt them, to perfect them, to make sure that they're working properly, we do have the result is a better product. And so in the case of the, the DSD over PCM you mentioned, the DOP output, that was a suggestion from Maroon that happened during the certification process. And so we were able to then further adapt the firmware and the software to be able to allow that to happen. Now, keep in mind, this is DOP uh, when using Room. It's not an option available otherwise because the original product, in part because of what it was designed for, in other words, to to work with these older products, to work with these older technologies, Mm -hmm. that sample rate converter chip was at the heart of it. And that sample rate converter chip allowed us to select the digital output that was appropriate for the DAC that it was going to be connected to. And we have DACs that are 1644.1 that will not be able to take in a, a sample rate, a file higher than that. And so you were able to go into that sample rate converter chip and in the fixed mode, in the original mode be able to select the precise digital output that you were going to have. Anything above that would be downsampled. Anything below that would be upsampled. And we're kind of big fans of upsampling. In fact, our, our most recent standalone DAC, the DAC 30, we upsampled everything that came into it to 24192 because we felt that for the architecture of that product, it provided the best sound.
0: Yeah. Now, I thought it sounded great. Uh, you know, with just, just sound quality in general. Um, very clean clear the clarity gorgeous um
1: well and part of that part of that
0: is that this is the thing about the sample rate
1: converter trip that's interesting because there there's a group of people probably among your your viewers hmm. that will want to have the bit perfect a concept that i'm a little bit reluctant to even even speak because i don't really think anything is perfect that we human beings have created. And while many people will suggest that digital, maybe it's just ones and zeros. According to some people, we forget that it's ones and zeros, noise and timing. Mm -hmm. And so this is the issue with digital right at the moment is that it has noise problems that are different than analog, but still need to be addressed. And some of those noises can come from internal, say, power supplies, that kind of stuff, external radio frequency interference, that kind of thing. And all of those things have to be addressed. And so in the case of BitPerfect, there is that idea, and we call it native because everything is outputted at 24. So we don't necessarily have true BitPerfect if you have a 1644.1 file. Mm-hmm. So native playback or perfect playback means that the the sample rate uh, coming in is the sample rate going out of the NP5. We don't alter it or change it. The problem with that is that the signals may not be precisely clocked, the, the, the file that, that's coming through. And so one of the advantages of having a sample rate converter chip, even now with the idea of being able to select, fixed or native output, is that you can try using the sample rate converter, which will very precisely. Make sure that a 44.1 signal, for example, is 44.1, not 44.7 or, or 43.9 or whatever it might be, the variation that there might be there. And so with the product, with the MP5 Prism R2, which is kind of fun, is that you can really tailor its output and how it handles the files to fit your circumstances best. It could be you've got a 24 inch DAC that just sings when given that signal. And therefore, you might want to just set it to fixed 24192, and that's what you get clocked precise 24192 signal. You may be a believer in bit perfect and want the native pass through through, so you can select that. But even if you have, say, a DAC that says, only 2496, you can select native 2496, and then any 2492 file will downsample the 2496, and you'll be able to play it, and it will sound fantastic and so the versatility of this little thing is kind of amazing and that i think it part of it as a result of its design because it is the same circuit that's in our full pre-amplifier the pre-35 i think it's 5000 us pre-amplifier that we bundled into this little package that allows you then to really get high performance streaming that you might not really be able to have in products that are or at the same price maybe even have more features Mm -hmm. But this thing is designed for performance. I think you and I've talked about this before. It's kind of like a Lotus sports car. You know, we design for lightness and add power. We strip it of any unnecessary things that don't necessarily contribute to high performance. And therefore we believe you will get a subtly superior sound from using the MP5 Prisma. That doesn't mean that there aren't other products out there that may have other features and other, other aspects that may be better for your system, but that's the beauty of it. We have that choice.
0: Sure. Well you know what's funny? Uh, <clears throat> the SRC chip is almost like a pre-deck. In some ways. <laughs> in in certain ways, yeah. Um I did state in the video um and don't worry everybody, we're going to get to the comparison stuff here in a second. But uh I did state in the video that the when you're when I am evaluating a streamer um the sound quality to a degree is reliant on what DAC I'm using which mm-hmm. is why I chose uh, cause I have a few DACs I, I could have chose from but I chose the Denifrips Ares 2 because it's very comparable in price to the the, the Prisma um, unfortunately I don't have a uh, Premier DAC to to compare it to but um, I thought that the Denifrips was a great choice because I, I like the R2R technology on it and it's, it's a great DAC I mean No, I don't think anybody could say anything bad about the Frips Aries 2. So I wanted to use it. For the money, it's a great machine. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to use that. So I used that. And what a lot of people don't understand when they're asking me, you know, how did it sound? Well, it it sounded kind of like how my DAC is supposed to sound, you know. But there is a difference. There is a difference because certain streamers, I can plug in, you know, my... My Pi-Fi that I, I built myself, the Raspberry Pi streamer I built, it'll sound different than than the MP5. I can plug in uh, the iFi ZenStream; it'll sound different. Um, subtle, subtle differences. However, what I did enjoy about the MP5 is that it was very open, and it just felt like the clarity was a, a, a lot better than than a lot of other streamers I've I've listened to in, in my time which brings me to the comparison stuff that everybody wanted to know about so Terry let's pretend I'm one of my audience members and I say and I'm just sitting there typing just breaking uh key tiles while I type and I say hey why didn't you you know <laughs> compare the the mp5 to the Blue Sound node 2i or the project uh, stream box so what would you say to someone who asks you hey between the blue sound node 2i the stream box the zen stream well, let's leave let's leave the zen stream out of it but let's just let's focus on the ones that people were really worried about the blue sound node or node 2i whichever uh, what is the difference because i i gave my answer via the comments but i want to hear it from you what would you tell someone
1: well i think i think it's a case too where we get I think a little bit hung up on the kind of comparison thing in this desperate attempt as human beings to not make a bad purchase choice, right? And 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 it's understandable. Um, and then we tend to try to oversimplify things with, say, looking at a particular specification or feature set that might lead us to better able to make that best choice, and. I'm probably going to be frustrating for most people because, to a certain degree, you could pick any one of the devices you mentioned and get great sound. Um, In a lot of cases, similar to what you were describing when you were suggesting um, what DAC to use and how the MP5 Prisma might have affected its sound or married with that DAC to create a particular sound, it is going to be a case of source and setup. So even beyond that, if we go back Uh, to before the MP5 Prisma, what's your router? What's the switch? How are you connecting this by Wi-Fi or cable? All of those things will contribute to a system sound that will make or break whatever device you have behind that or or after that in the signal chain. And so not to dodge the question, the the Sound Note 2i is probably the best budget streamer DAC out there. Mm -hmm. It's really, really good It has lots of people that love it. It's very, very stable, um, as is the project box. I mean, Heinz does a great job with putting those things together and packing in a lot of technology for an astonishingly low amount of money. So if budget is a concern. And when is it not a concern? um, Either of those are excellent choices. You can do you can make great sound with them. Mm -hmm. Um, The issue, though, is that there may be some compromises, and I can speak more specifically to to the node simply because Heinz produces so many different models of the project box. I'm not really sure which one I'm talking about at any moment. Um, But in the case of the node, they pack so much in there that there has to be an understanding that there's going to be possibly some performance compromises that result. In the case of the MP5 Prisma, we're just a network player. That's what we do. We don't have a DAC inside there. If you want to have the equivalent to the Node 2i, you would have to go to our SC15 Prisma, our network player DAC, which Mm -hmm. is double the price, um, if not three times the price, depending upon um, uh, where you happen to live. And, and and so they're two very different products. But for the Node 2i to be able to put in a very capable DAC inside of that, um, to have all the features that it has with a very stable uh, um, uh, uh, application mm-hmm. that has a user interface that a lot of people like, we're not particularly fans of it uh, because we have a slightly different attitude when it comes to how to access streaming services. And, And so with that in mind, what you will find, and and I will base this not just on our listening test, but reports we get in from consumers. And I am the person that handles most of the consumer service requests and questions, primarily, so I get exposed to the questions and the, the comments that people make who have done this comparison. And that while the blue sound, blue sound node 2i is actually a little bit more resilient, it can work in compromised networks a little bit better than others, and that's the other thing to discuss is oh, the quality of your network connecting to these things, there is kind of a veil that goes away from the sound. A subtle clarity is increased with the MP5 Prisma R2 compared to the no 2i. And that could be all kinds of things. It could be due to the, the power supply in the no 2i and how it might be injecting noise into the signal. It could be, could be due to all kinds of different issues that the MP5 isn't subject to. Um, we have people even comparing it to things like Sonos, and that Sonos sounds gray as opposed to kind of the technicolor, vibrant colors that the MP5 can seem to provide. And somewhat similar is the case with the project. There is a kind of fluidity, I think, with the MP5 that the project doesn't quite have. It may maybe have a maybe have greater precision in some ways, but then it loses, I, to use a word that some people are, are suggesting doesn't have value, it loses a little in the way of musicality, hmm. uh, that sense of life. Um, And all of that is what we're striving for with the MP5 Prisma. And so I know that that may not give any of the viewers out there looking for a comparison, the information they may be looking for, but what I would suggest that if you have a really good DAC, or you want to have superior performance over what the Node 2i can provide, or the ProjectBox can provide at a very reasonable rate, reasonable price, then the NP-5 allows you that next step up. Mm -hmm. And it will mean that with the DAC you have, it should improve the performance, the streaming performance of the DAC you're using. It should be a better partner for more sophisticated DACs, that kind of stuff. But we're at a slightly different level when you're comparing the NP-5 Prisma to those other devices. Um, And all kinds of things kind of come into play. So for example, um, depending upon whether you like the Bluesound OS, the operating system for Bluesound or not, it is kind of the example of opposite of what we do. Um, Our Prisma app is meant to do only two things. And that is set up the device. So in this case, set up the MP5 Prisma Mark 2 and control and playback from a local area network connected drive, a NAS drive. That's what it's designed to do. Mm -hmm every other streaming service is meant to be accessed or cast using airplay chromecast or in the case of spotify spotify connect Mm -hmm. if you want to use that because very early on when we were looking at the redesign of our platform we recognized that what is now i think being called the connect style this idea of being able to cast from the actual streaming service app provides a much better user experience. You are Mm -hmm. using the full features of the design of that app that, to a certain degree, would have to be diluted or somewhat diminished, going embedded into, say, the Prisma app itself if we were to do that. And it also allows for a lot of performance advantages. So in the case of AirPlay, we can play title master files although limited to 1644.1. In the case of Chromecast, um, we now have over 600 streaming services that can be cast to yep. the MP5 Prisma. Which we're i are out the hard way in selecting, mm-hmm. okay, we're going to do this streaming service, this streaming service, this streaming service, mm-hmm. this streaming service. You have access to virtually every streaming service out there, not just in Europe, North America, but in Asia, Africa. Mm-hmm. It's an international kind of connection system that gives you 2496 performance. And the other thing about it, which is kind of shocking for us, is that Chromecast as a Rune endpoint sounds great. Now, I know that a lot of people who may have tried using, say, the audio dongle, you know, the Chromecast dongle, mm-hmm. may be suspicious of its sound quality. And there's no doubt that that dongle was a bit compromised. I mean, it was only, what, $50, $60 in the US, and and, uh, obviously a very compact form factor. But with Chromecast built in, it allows us, Primair, and anyone else using it, to develop our own platform, our own Chromecast platform. So we're able to really, again, take it to that next level, design it as a true high-performance device, and be able to get really great sound. And so we're in the process right now of of finalizing our Rune-Ready certification for the rest of the Prisma lineup. The MP5 Prisma Mark II is the first, or the MP5 Prisma was the first, and now the Mark II to have Rune-Ready. And in doing comparisons, we're listening to Chromecast as a Rune endpoint and go back to RAT, the the Rune control system that's part of Rune-Ready, And you would be hard pressed to tell the difference in the sound between two. And so the Chromecast as a platform can be really great sounding. Um, And so you have that kind of what would you call open architecture, if you will, where you open up the streaming app that you want to use. And then um, you simply cast using the platform that works best for you and your system. And the other thing about this is is that to a certain degree, we're always balancing out our designs with this kind of practical design approach. If it costs us money, it has to contribute to performance. Mm -hmm. And so to a certain extent, if we were to try to embed all of the multiple streaming services that are available now, that would cost money for us to develop the software, be able to maintain the software, particularly as the streaming service changed their operating system or as Apple or uh, Android changed their operating system. And so we sidestep a lot of the unintended consequences that result of updates to operating systems, updated to streaming services, and therefore provide a little bit more consistent performance, as well as this kind of what we think is a more comfortable, familiar user interface that people will have developed in their relationship with their preferred streaming service. And so it saves money, it keeps a more consistent operating profile, or at least we hoped it would, but with changes and updates happening so frequently, sometimes that's not the case. But it provides us then with that opportunity to allow people to be able to set, set up their system and choose which services they prefer to use is essentially what's happening with that. And so there are those considerations. Some people may like having their services embedded into a, into a single app, like with the Blue Oaks, or some may appreciate and like this more open kind of connect architecture. All yeah. of those things are, are, are kind of a critical consideration, but make it difficult to do a comparison.
0: Right. Yeah. I didn't honestly have an issue with the, with the app whatsoever. Well, the, the whole, the whole Qobuz thing and figuring out that I had to download the the Chromecast app and all that. Yeah, After all that was done, everything was perfect. But, um, no, I, after actually I I talked to, uh, David Solomon uh, on one of these, uh, the other day, we did a Mm -hmm. hi-fi hour and I, they're looking into Qobuz is looking into doing something like, uh, a, a, a direct connect kind of oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah situation. So I'm excited about that. Um, they're so they're so new though they're 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 infants in this in this whole racket. and I think they've they've grown in huge strides just over the last couple of years. So I'm kind of excited to see where it goes. For me, Quo is the go to. I've uh, I've renounced my my allegiance to Spotify because they've taken now way too long to to do the Spotify hi-fi. That is troubling. That
1: is troubling.
0: I did a video about it. Just just basically griping about it the entire time. But, you know, uh, I can join you in that gripe. I'm telling you, we, it, like, it, it, we got we, we got ourselves all set
1: up. We're ready for Spotify Hi Fi. The minute they turn it on, we're ready. And we, in fact, jumped them ahead of the queue in our development process because we wanted to be on time.
0: Little really um, did Spotify you know Apple and Amazon or it didn't
1: happen. It was really disappointing because the thing is that I still keep Spotify. I have Bandcap, SoundCloud, Spotify, Tidal, and Kobos. Now, Kobos mm. is the best sound. It's just, it just is. Just flat um, out. I don't I, saying I, that, uh, yeah. And that's not just because I, I love David dearly and and, and the people at Cobas are wonderful, but they're, they're just putting out the best on new service. There are some limitations. The desktop app isn't the best, but the mobile device app's fantastic. Um, uh, uh, Spotify, uh, they just, maybe because I've been with them so long, they have the algorithm, the playlist production, that kind of stuff. It just seems to fit better my desire for exploration. Uh, and so I'll still use Spotify and obviously title oh, has some advantages and so forth. it's yeah. weird in the sense that all of these things have, have, uh, have real uh, use value, uh, but ultimately if you were to choose one, I'd probably go with Cobus.
0: If, if you could take Cobus's quality and marry it with Spotify's UI, that would be the ultimate, the ultimate, uh, streaming service, but you know, we can't have our cake and eat it too in this world, unfortunately, but um, so. so. let, I, I think that everybody now should be satisfied with uh, our discussion on the MP5 Prisma Mark II. If you guys have any questions, please uh, feel free to utilize the comments below to uh, ask us questions. I'm sure Terry will be checking in on the questions in the comments and stuff like that, so try to be nice. And um, some of my audience members are ruthless to me. I mean, I'm the guy, uh, you know, and they're like, Hey, Mike, you need to do this, 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 and this, or else we're, we're, we're kicking rocks. Um, There are some,
1: there are some unreasonable expectations I find in a lot of
0: cases. And you know what YouTube viewers are not forgiving whatsoever. Well, oh, I, so. I think
1: it's just social media. I think I don't think it necessarily has to be YouTube. I think it's yeah. social media, and we have that, that 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 kind of protection of relative anonymity, mm-hmm. um, and the fact too that that if you're a statistician, you look at this, and social media self-selects for very particular demographics, mm-hmm. and so you you your recourse to social media is usually if you have a frustration, a complaint, or a question. And rarely, if someone is absolutely happy with the product they're using, do they get on a social media platform and declaim how how wonderful this product is working? And so, there is that sense that it becomes an echo chamber for complaints, mm-hmm. which kind of skews the perception of any topic, be it a product or or anything else that might be discussed, and that always has to be the kind of thing that um uh you 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 you. You look through in a kind of lens in that regard, and in fact, there is a product. There's a consumer-based social media uh, 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 comment website here in, in Denmark, mm-hmm. and there is a particular product that that we think is incredibly well-designed—an audio electronics product, mm-hmm. really incredibly well-designed. Kind of, kind of um, has a feature set that we admire, uh, competency that's really, really good. And if you go on to this consumer website, you will discover that their ratings are one and two, worst and bad, for 75%. Now, if you just looked at that rating, you would think, oh, this is a horrible product. Until you drill down and look at the comments, and the complaints are kind of like what you get in a Yelp restaurant review, where they get one star because in the Asian restaurant, they weren't given a fork soon enough. Right. And so there is this sense where, and I don't mean to suggest that all of your viewers are, are like this, but there is that kind of tendency that can happen. And there's also this weird sense that that there is this, I don't know what it is, this idea of simply accepting a headline or a top line uh, uh, comment uh, in faith as truth. Mm-hmm. And I was I was uh, uh, contacted by a, a consumer a while back that wanted to know why we didn't have surround sound pass through on our latest line of products. And I said, well, we do. In fact, it's on every single input, digital and analog input, that we have surround sound pass through. Mm-hmm. Um, it's choosing fixed or variable input chain. Sure. And and he said, well, you should look at this forum because someone is suggesting that you don't have it. And so people have gotten quite excited about it. And I went to the forum and there were about a couple dozen comments about how primary had lost its way, thought they were a surround sound company. And so I had to, you know, put a comment on there that at page seven of the user guide, it describes how to select fixed variable for surround sound path through on all digital and, and analog inputs. But I realized that no one was going to see my comment. Right. I was so far down in, in the history well, of the commons, no one would see it. And so to a certain degree, there are those people out there that probably believe we don't have Sauron's on past.
0: Well, the problem with these forums is that someone will could very well start a rumor because n- none of that's factual. I mean, obviously, you proved it wrong. Um they they just run away with this stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they get, they fire each other up. So, so hard. Yeah. That's why I stay away. Honestly, uh, I know I should be on ABS forums and I should be active on ABS forums, but to be honest, I, I much would, would much rather be answering questions in like uh, a platform kind of like Quora and stuff like that, because mm-hmm. people have more innocence there, you know, and, and they have more, they're asking innocent questions that they truly don't know the answer to. And most of the questions anybody in this industry could probably answer for them fairly easily. But when you get to ABS forums, they're like, Oh man, they they pick these topics that are completely impossible to, to navigate through. And you'd have to be an engineer for the company they're talking about to even begin to, to, to explain what they're trying to, to fire each other up about. So to me, I stay away from that poison, but. Uh,
1: <laughs> well, the worst thing for me, and in fact, we're going to be doing, I'm going to be doing a series of videos here that are more kind of editorial. We're going to mm-hmm. call them from my listening position. It's going to be kind of just trying to describe primaries, design philosophy, you know, this primary practical design approach thing that we use, but then also kind of trying to filter through some of the very issues that you're touching on here. Because on the one hand, I think many people commenting have the best interests in mind. They really want to help. Mm -hmm. And there are cases on the forums where there are people that have a range of knowledge I can't even touch about a specific topic and are really able to provide really good information. Mm -hmm. But in a lot of other cases, there seem to be people that don't fully read the question or, or 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 are able to, with their experience, answer it appropriately. And then things kind of go off the rails in a way that people begin arguing in a way that's not really productive. And my biggest fear is that this proves to be off-putting to anyone entering into this wonderful passion this wonderful hobby that that i've been working within now um, for 50 years it seems strange to say um uh and that there is that sense that if you don't have this information if you don't know these particular these terms or you don't know about this particular technology Mm -hmm. that it's too complicated too pointless too um uh, uh aggressive uh in putting forward some of these ideas that people will be put off from from actually enjoying what we have to offer both you and your discussions of this technology and we in the range of products and it's it's it's, it's kind of sad and i don't mean to i don't mean to, to to dwell on it but it does concern me because i spent so much wonderful time in this industry but also just sitting in front of a great stereo system and just Having a time of my life, I remember the other day um, uh, just doing something in the system setup hmm. where all of a sudden something I got locked in better than it had ever been before at home. And I have a room that's proving to be a little bit problematic. And, you know, that horrible cliche of goosebumps, that horrible cliche of emotionally connected to the music. I forget what I was listening to, but it was just just kind of flooded over you. And mm-hmm. that this should be a celebration of the amazing capabilities, our human senses, our ability, our, our ability to hear, um, to see. Um, all of the senses, in some ways, are involved in this. And that I, I, it saddens me because this seems to be diminished in so many cool. cases.
0: Well, here's 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 what I think is the problem. Um, two things: um, attention span is huge. Uh, I, I get a lot of people that watch my video, well that fail to watch my videos. Mm-hmm. So they'll, they'll take something I said in the, in the beginning to middle of the video, completely out of context, call me out on it and ask me, well, why didn't you talk about this? And I simply just say, did you watch the whole video? Mm-hmm. Because I do this on purpose sometimes too. Uh, I will leave some of the juiciest stuff at the end. I, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I've got some <laughs> yeah. Be- well, because people have a two second attention span yeah. and they've forgotten how to slow down. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually I read a book when I was younger, when I was probably 21, the whole thing was about slowing down, slowing mm-hmm. things down and enjoying life, you know? Yeah. And the, I think the first chapter started mm-hmm. out with, um, him describing a, an experience he had, uh, in Europe, I think it must've been France or yeah, I think it was France where he was just sitting at a cafe enjoying a coffee, you know, and hours go by and he's just sipping his coffee and probably has a few coffees at that point. But um, but just taking it all in, yeah. soaking it in. And I think that translates over to music because people are in this new generation, the new generation of people coming up want uh, headphones, those little ear pod things you shove in there. Who cares about sound quality? Let's use Spotify. doesn't matter. Uh, you know, just wham, bam, thank you, ma'am kind of attitude when they should be taking the same approach that I see when, okay, if I'm going to pay, you know, $15, $20 for a nice cappuccino or or a glass of wine, a glass of, you know, some nice Pinot Noir at a, at a wine bar, I want to sit there for – for a good long while and enjoy it, savor it, and and just kind of feel the experience. And that, I think, translates directly over towards uh, music because you're using another one of your senses. You know, you're using your sense of hearing to enjoy the music. A lot of people aren't enjoying the music. And granted, it's a lot of the main, the new mainstream music that's out there lacks substance, lacks depth. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of people really fighting for anything out there anymore. You know, um, in hip hop back in the day, you had you know Tupac Shakur who, who, who had a, a vision and a and a message to send across. You know, even before then, you had you know in the 60s and 70s, these people were talking, these artists were talking about the war. They were talking about the current state of things. They were talking about politics. they were but they were doing it all through their. The music, you know. Nowadays, it's like people. What are they talking about? Oh, I got my Lamborghini. I got my, you know. I'm in a jet. I have all this money. Let me throw money around. Come on, you know. Like, I I think that's a, I think a a lack of. Because I know that there's still good artists out there. I know it. Oh God, yeah. And I'm actually starting an initiative through my website. I started a forum on my website where. I'm encouraging people to go on there and post uh, from wherever they are, anywhere in the world, wherever they are. I want them to post an artist who's unsigned independent and just needs to be discovered. Who's, who's worth being discovered. And that's something I'd like, I'd like to, to catch on because I would love to go on there and see what people are posting, and go and listen to it on either SoundCloud or Bandcamp, or or if they've gone to the point of you know uh, independent distribution, which um, I mean I would encourage them to try people like CD Baby or Distrokid, and they that they kind of distributed all over the <clears throat> the ecosystem of, of of streaming, which you know probably won't make a lot of money right off the bat, but it's at least it gets the music out there. But uh, I know Bandcamp and SoundCloud do a great job with that with independent artists. That's what I think should happen. I think we need some kind of an outlet to discover new music to make music matter to the new upcoming generation. You know, I think I was one of the last generations that appreciated music because I grew up, you know, with with the CD, you know, uh, with the cassette appreciating, you know, physical media. Uh, I was a little bit too young for uh, the the first turntable and record run, but uh, I I do, as you can see, right right over my oh, this shoulder, I, I do have few, I do have a few LPs in there, and um, I think it's cool. I'm not a huge LP fanatic. I'm a CD fanatic, and uh, you know <laughs> that's why I, I had to switch gears because if I talked about streaming anymore, I think my my audience might just burn me at the stake. But, well, there's
1: there's a real interesting thing going on because I think it, it, and, and not and not to um, uh, 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 contradict what you're saying, I think we often forget as we look back in the past that there was crap music in the past just as you're there is right. crack music. Totally right. And the thing that I love about streaming is that it allows you to explore this so that if you get out of the top 40, if you get out of the hits, and as you suggest, explore maybe some less discovered or less popular artists, there's amazing music Mm -hmm. being played. But by the same token, there's also this sense that there is an understanding that physical media, the permanence of physical media is an important issue and in fact if i may talk about something that 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 drives people a little bit crazy we have the usb input on, on the prisma products the mp5 product we put it on there as a convenience with the idea that it was really meant for more of an updating port a physical updating port but we thought okay. We can put it on there, people can have a thumb drive, they can throw some music on there that they want to casually listen to, share with friends. We could use it when we're going to trade shows and dealer events to easily have a quick selection demo disc that we could plug in to the back of the unit. We never thought that anyone would use this as a permanent storage system for a valued library of digital media. Mm -hmm. Um, For one, it's the noisiest connection you could possibly have, given the fact that both power and signal goes through the same socket right. and possibly because of my experience as a, a budget uh, documentary video producer and film teacher, I grew to really distrust portable drives for long term reliability. In Mm -hmm. fact, when we would go and film, we would always have two portable drives with us. We would shoot the day. We would dump to the two drives so that we had a backup drive. And at the minute we got back to the editing suite and then my offices, we would dump those to larger, full-scale, self-powered hard drives with the idea that they failed too often. Mm
0: -hmm. Let
1: alone, at this point, a few years ago now, it was still fairly expensive to get a solid-state, high-capacity drive. Little did we know that it, this, in just a matter of a few years, you can get two terabytes uh, for a 100 bucks uh, okay. to plug into a USB port. We didn't anticipate that. And we always assumed that people, this is what we prioritized with Prisma, that if you were going to have a digital music library, you would want to back that up. You would want to have it in a RAID drive, fully doubled or redundant, so that you could always rely or understand that you had your files available to you, even if you had a drive fail. Right. And so when you, and also it just provides best performance. It's just a better sounding system, at least in our opinion, in the way we designed it. But the thing that this highlights is the fact that I can go to a playlist now, or potentially someone might discover that their drive has failed, and you have these files that are gone. Um, due to copyright restrictions, you could go to this favorite playlist and all of a sudden you see grayed out a number of different cuts that, that really were maybe favorites of yours, but now disappeared. And so there's this idea of having that physical format, the certainty of having it in your hand, that I think is people are beginning to fully appreciate and understand. And then you get to the sound quality. And you may have this from some of your viewers talking to you, kind of scratching their head going, hey, wait a minute. I'm listening to a high-resolution file, a high-res file, and yet my CD player sounds better. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: How is this? How can this possibly be? This old technology, this this, um, 1644.1 sample rate system, how can this sound better? And part of it is simply due to the nature of the systems that we're using, the CD player, like the DD-15 you had, just in Mm -hmm. transport alone. We've had years to develop those so that they actually function at the highest level, that maybe streaming isn't quite there yet. And also the complication of streaming, when you access, say, a title file, the signal, the access signal has to go through over a dozen transfer points before it gets to titles office, selects the file, and then it has to go back that same path. There's always opportunity for for noise, timing issues to be injected in that, and then it gets to your house. And so many of us are using routers that were given essentially free by our network service provider um, that are are, are meant to be as simple as possible, both cost effective, um, as well as be absolutely simple and turnkey to use. Whereas if you get a second party router, you can actually set it up, configure it, customize it to actually work as well as it possibly can for your system. And then we're big believers in ethernet switches. we big believers in ethernet connection and switches because and I know that there'll be those that will suggest that this can't possibly make a difference. All we know is that when we plug, plug in a switch, regardless of its expense or its sophistication, it seems to allow the network to function better, particularly for sound. Hmm. And so in the case of a CD, You don't have all of that complexity. You don't have all of that circuitry in the way. You have, presumably, a well-mastered CD. And so they have their place. I really like streaming for discovery. Mm -hmm. I really like streaming to, to, I mean, the ability to listen to, I was listening to, I think it was 11 Sibelius second symphonies the other day uh, on a high after the concert, just to kind of see if there was a recorded one that actually did it well. And so having that ability, having that, that 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 resource directly in your system with the shortest signal path
0: mm-hmm.
1: can be a real positive virtue. And then and then the other thing, too, and then I'm, I'm going to go a little bit off topic on this because I see we're getting to the hour, and there's one thing I want to talk about. One of the things about the MP5 that we did is, in order to make it cost-effective, we did the wall work. Power supply.
0: That was my only gripe in the whole video was that, but I turned it into a positive because I stated that myself included, I have other options to yeah. use as uh, I, I have iFi's iPower five volt. Yeah. You know, uh, I have other cleaner options, and I thought that that was genius because if you have to cut corners somewhere. Yeah. Don't do it inside the box. Yeah. Right? So you did it outside the box. You did it yeah. so where if someone wants to use a linear power supply or someone mm-hmm. wants to use like the iFi power like I have, um may just make a small little difference, but it, it makes a difference, you know. Oh yeah. I didn't mind it. I didn't I saw it and I'm like, okay, this is kind of cheapo. Uh why did they do that? And then that's when I talked to you and you're like, well, you yeah. know, this is what this is why. I'm like, Phew. Well, that makes a ton of sense, you know, because why invest into a iFi iPower to put in there, you know, and make the thing, you know, an extra hundred bucks when, when someone can go out and find a solution for it, if they choose to do so. Now I tried it with both and the one that's provided sounded perfectly fine. I yeah. Think- the thing is, is that
1: we took a lot of time in listening to, the, you know, it looks generic and it, Certainly is it's cost effective, but some of them do sound different than others. Some are better made than others, and so this one sounds quite good. And this is also part of our kind of modular philosophy, not just in the modules that fit into our modular components, but this idea that whether it's through the streaming services where you access it modularly, you select what streaming service you want to use, you use their app, that kind of thing, or or people complain that we use our, our feet are too generic. Or, you know, why don't we use isolation feet? or our power cords are too generic why don't we use special power cords or in the case of the power supply why don't we have a more advanced power supply well There are people that will not need or appreciate the difference a better power supply might provide and have a limited budget. So it allows people to have more access. That's the other thing. Our stated goal is the best possible experience for the greatest number of people. So we look to try to reduce costs where we can and allow then the option of people to explore these other possibilities. And this is the fun part. And I think this is the thing that we kind of lose sight of, especially when we're talking about kind of comments on social media. This should be fun. We should be experimenting. We should be playing around with it. Um, um, this is a case where like the iFi, I think it's about a couple hundred maybe in the US, uh, this wonderful little switch mode supply that's designed really, really well. that can add just that, again, that next step up in performance. We've had people writing me and, and just excited about the performance benefits they had by adding a linear supply that was twice the price of the NP5 itself. And on the one hand, that may sound a little bit ridiculous, but on the other hand, power supply is the foundational and fundamental, the foundation upon which any design is built. Right. And so changes to the power supply will provide benefits that can be profound, but there are some people that don't have the budget for it, there are some people that don't have an interest in it, and there are some people that may have a preference. Some people may not be disturbed by a well-designed switch modes power supply, and they shouldn't be if it's designed well. And you know, in fact, the, it has capacities that are amazing compared to a linear supply. There are advantages for a linear supply, which is why we use both in our products as you go through our range.
0: There, there is, and, and I, I, I can attest to this, this gospel, there is a measurable difference in you know, playing around with power supplies because... Uh, I experienced it when I was doing my my sony ps1 project um which was funny because I, I'm so glad I was able to get uh John Devore to mm. say a few words about it in the video because he he was actually one of the ones one of the ones that started the whole thing by bringing the ps1 to a, a hi fi show and hiding it in the in, in a in a cupboard. And when people were in there listening to, to the speakers and all that, they're like, Oh, what are you using as a source? And he pulls out this, you know, this old Sony PS one, the very, one of the very first models, apparently that PS one has a really nice DAC inside. And that's why it sounds as good as it does. However, in my video, I decided to get with my friend, Mike, and he does uh, helped me design and build a linear power supply to replace the one it had, mm-hmm. okay. and it, it, we measured before and after, and there was a—I wouldn't say ginormous, but there was a considerable difference in measurement when when we measured one to the other. So, I would only assume that if someone's using a, a power supply that's you know two three times the price of the the Prisma, I can only imagine how how much better it sounded, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and that's one thing that people take for granted is, is, is power supply. I mean, that's how, that's the juice that's going inside the, yeah, yeah. the, the component.
1: I, I think what's fascinating is that you'll see more and more companies, I think power supply companies and other companies producing supplies with multiple outlets. Mm-hmm. Because we kind of forget just how many of these things, some not quite as good as this one, some equal, maybe even better, we have now in our systems, whether it's the router power supply, whether it is even just the charging station for the mobile device that you're using to control your system, perhaps. Um, um, And then being able to kind of plug into that and provide a kind of power distribution system. Um, I think there are manufacturers, I think AudioQuest also has some USB supplies uh, for their um, uh, power supply filtering uh, on some of the power supply products. Um, All of this matters Um, and the battle is noise. And and so whether it's analog or whether it's digital, it is the noise and timing that's always of concern. So in analog, you've got wow and flutter, and you've got speed variation of various types, and just general noise that you might exist in digital as well. And digital, you always have to be careful of what happens what's happening with the internal power supply there, and how it's injecting noise. And so it's a case of looking at your system mm-hmm. and figuring out ways in which you can eliminate the noise in that system, and then transfer that out even to your speaker uh, positioning and your room acoustics to eliminate the noise that occurs as you're reproducing sound in that environment. And you may find that just a touch of toe-in on your speakers or a rake back or forward on the speakers to get the phase angle just positioned just right um, will have more benefit than than anything else you might do in the way of choosing another product, spending more money on a product. Mm. Um, looking at those system setup uh, details, to me, is both the frustration and the pleasure of this pastime. Of being able to, again, to celebrate the senses by what you can hear and what you can do in, in setting up your system and improving its performance.
0: And that's what it's all about. At the end of the day, it's enjoying the music. And yep. I'll tell you what, I, you know, you know, you were actually one of the f- first people to fire me up about CDs again. Uh, with the DD-15 and uh, you know when I reviewed it I'm like CDs are still good and then I just got a wild hair because I all of my CDs have been before obviously before you know um I got into all this all of my CDs had been lost through moves through moving and mm-hmm. you know moving around and stuff or I don't know where they ended up to be honest so I have a collection of over almost 400 now and I did that in the last two years um, mm-hmm. because I am fanatical about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I enjoy it, <clears throat> and the and the your premier uh, DD fifteen has been referenced and, and a staple in my system for a very very long time. Um, the thing is, a lot of people, and this will this will please my my CD crowd because now we're going to talk about CDs for a second. Um, a lot of companies are starting to to stray away from it. They uh-huh. they they think it's they still think it's bearish, and I, I I'm telling them it's bullish right now. It's <clears throat> CDs are on the rise. It's funny because I I feel I feel like I started this, you know, because I, I released a what do you call it a, a, a this this article I wrote on my website
1: a manifesto
0: yeah manifesto a CD manifesto. And it got like 50,000 views and I'm overnight, you know, and I'm like, whoa, whoa. whoa." Like out of all the things I've written about, talked about, done videos about, this is what, this is what tickled everybody in in, in the tummy. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do a video about it. Another 50 something thousand views. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, whoa, there's something here. There's Mm -hmm. something here that we're, that, that a lot of people are missing out on. And ever since then, I've been slowly growing and putting out more and more and more content, CD related content. And my channel has been growing and growing and growing and growing. And I see other channels. I see other YouTubers. They'll, they'll kind of touch the subject. They'll do a one-off, you know, they're not dedicated like I am about it. They're not, they're not personally invested in this, in, in, in this, you know, (laughs) I, um, I am the CD guy, you know, mm-hmm. and the cool thing is, is that I've seen so much um, positivity come out of it. Mm-hmm. Even when I did that that review of the Magnavox from the 80s, you know, the CDB473 473, 473, uh, with the, the, the TDA1541 DAC chip, the thing sounds fantastic wow. from being... 1980 was 88 or something like that Mm -hmm. sounds absolutely phenomenal yeah it's old and rickety and you know it looks like it's about to fall apart but i mean for what it is and it sounds i think a little bit better than some of the stuff i've heard that's current within within a certain price range
1: well there and there were the the the, that that player there a lot of people actually use those as as a base for modification and i think even um meridian might have done it I could be mistaken in that. But but the thing that's amazing to me, too, is the other day I was thinking about this, um, um, uh, partly, I think, maybe even spurred on by, by, by what you've been talking about. And I looked through my demo list. I have almost 300 songs on, this, on the demo playlist that I have, say, on title. And as I'm looking through them, I'm looking at the sample rate frequency. 75% of them are 16 or 24 or 44.1. Uh-huh. It's the recording and the mastering
0: mm-hmm. that
1: is so far more important than what the resolution of the sampling rate frequency or whatever that file might be. And so you get a good recording mastered well onto a CD in a good CD player, 1644.1 can sound magnificent. And obviously, as we've already discussed, you have that shorter signal path with a very mature technology base. hmm that, that just gives you this great performance. And it is kind of that strange thing where I was doing some testing the other day of some new products and and uh, and the like, and I it involved CDs, and I slipped in um, a, a CD into the DD35. I have the big brother of the DD15 here. And there was a muscular nature to the sound from that CD. There was just this kind of fuller-bodied kind of presence that you can't really – define, you know, I'm sure the term muscular may not communicate to a lot of people. But there was just that kind of drive and that force within the sound, that as good as streaming can be, and it can be very, very good. And um, uh, uh, there's still something there, there's still something there in those Mm -hmm. in those media. And I think it's also a maturity, there's been years, you know, even even in the early days in the 80s, there were really good efforts made to improve Ah, uh, the performance that it was introduced in '85, I think it was, that um, uh, that result in just better performance and an awful lot of fun, and and to be able to dive into a used CD store and come out with fistfuls of CDs for for no money at all and discover mm-hmm. things that you might never find by searching through a streaming service. It all again comes back to that pleasure, the the, the fun. Right, mm-hmm.
0: well, that's important. actually something I did. Uh, what did I do? Uh, I went on an audiophile, I think I told David about this too. I went on an audiophile Facebook group and I posed the question, uh, if you can only demonstrate one song to your best friend on your system, what would it be? I wanted to do something specific like that so that way it was thought provoking. And I got a huge response in the comments of like, but you know, probably 50, 60 different options, and I went and I looked up every single one on Quo Buzz. If it wasn't on Quo Buzz, I looked that up on Spotify, <clears throat> and I found every one. I listened to every single suggestion, and I ended up buying, I think, three or four CDs just from those suggestions. Um, and I, the ones that I couldn't find on CD, I went to. Uh, there's a website. I think it's called Juno or subjuno Juno download or Juno something or other that has flack files for purchase as well as I seven digital, uh, their, their catalogs kind of lacking. And then I also go to HD tracks. So I downloaded the flack files to that because one of the albums, um, it, it was just, a, you know, a total dream come true for testing out the soundstage, uh, of, of a system. Because it, it had all these little – it almost felt like I was listening to a, like an ASMR type type recording, you know. What was the, what was the recording? What was the song? Uh, it was – oh, man. Hold on. Let me look up the guy's name real quick. It's a, it, it's a very obscure name that I, I'm not easily uh, – Sorry to put you on the spot. <laughs> no, you're fine. I'm, Yosi, Yosi Horikawa. I don't know this. Yosi Horikawa. I will uh, – well, I don't want to say I'm going to send it to you for free. I'm going to send it to <laughs> oh, you. No, 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 no! I'll look, I'll
1: look for it. Look for, I believe in paying artists. You're so. right, right,
0: right. I was like, I'll just send it to you. Uh, the okay, so Yoshi Horikawa and the album's called Wandering, mm-hmm. and it's just it, it's magical. It's a really nice. Uh, ambient noise with this trickle of this and a trickle of that. And it's coming from every direction. And if you have speakers and a setup that has a really nice soundstage, this is something that would probably really trip someone out really well. But yeah, I'll, uh, I'll send yes, you a link uh, to it.
1: I'll look for, I'll look for the information.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what I wanted to thank you for being on. Um, I hopefully, like I said, everybody that had questions, Um, in the beginning about the MP5 Prisma Mark II. Hopefully those were answered. If you still have questions, please, in the comments below, let us know. And Terry and I will do our best to answer all of your questions and and desires and everything. And Terry, I think it's time to... um... Well, before we go, let me do one
1: thing. I have about 24 different social media platforms that I have to try to follow. And so if anyone has a real serious primary question, go to our website and submit a help request form because then I can better communicate and, in fact, actually manage that to sometimes I don't have the answer and I can get it to our development team, our service team, that kind of stuff. So go to www.primary.net, uh, fill out a help request form, and we will do our best to provide the answers that you need. And I'll look in on you and and, and make comments as I have the time here on, on, on the video here. But, but that's something that I would suggest everyone do. And maybe we're just nuts about, trying to respond as quickly and as completely as we possibly can to any consumer request. Maybe other manufacturers aren't doing it. And that's why so many people are on forums, on Facebook, audio groups, asking detailed technical questions. The best resource will be the manufacturer if they respond. We take that very seriously. So if you have any questions, feel free again to submit that help request form and we'll do our best to get the answers to you.
0: Perfect. And obviously uh you know you you might be able to see some, some new CD player action here soon. Terry and I are gonna talk about that. Um <laughs> you never know, you never know what my uh you know appear over here at uh, audio architect studios. Know. Um all I know is that I I'm I'm like I said, I'm invested in, in the the hobby, the you know, and, and I love the fact that Premiere embraces CD players because, like I said, there's so many companies out there that I've actually found that they they had at one point uh, some cool CD players, and they're like, "I'm sorry, we just don't do it anymore. We just don't do it anymore." And it's more often than not, you know. Well,
1: the, weird thing, the weird thing was, I think we talked about this in the DD15, and I don't mean to, to extend this longer than people maybe. No, you're fine. I want to watch, but. Um, We struggled with that decision to make the CD players, this latest range of CD players and drives. Um, And in many cases, did it simply to support the kind of system architecture that someone, people tend to, if they have a primary, tend to create a primary system or have multiple primary products. And so we wanted the people to have the options from us to be able to build it up. And to be honest, we didn't expect there to be much in the way of sales of the CD players and the drives. And to our surprise, not only have the sales been more than than, than we could have expected, the drives have been the things that have really surprised us. Um, mm-hmm. and of course, that did a really good job particularly with the, the DD50, but also especially the DD35. And so you do get these great results with it, but I think there is that case Tying into the response that you got to your CD you know, videos, the, the, the CD manifesto, is that there are a lot of people out there that still are invested or are still interested in this physical playback, but mm-hmm. needed the, the confidence of having a new drive and its reliability, having something that's a little bit uh, newer, a little slightly more refined than a more mature, uh, mature product. Um, that's really kind of interesting for us because I understand where some of the manufacturers have abandoned the platform, but much in the same way as we continue to make phono stages, we will as long as we can continue to make C D players.
0: That's perfect. That's all that's exactly what I wanted to hear. And that's exactly what my audience wants to hear. Is that you're gonna be making C D players until until they figure out a new uh <laughs> a new uh, physical media. But um Hey man, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Uh, this has been—it's always a pleasure. Uh, our last conversation was great, but I think now that we know each other more, it, it was—it was a lot more fun to—to uh, to just kind of talk about talk about the stuff we love, you know. Uh, and that's what's uh, going on. I know a lot of our friends are going to be at Expona this weekend, so uh, if you guys are watching this from over there, God bless you, and I hope everything's going good, and I uh, hope you guys are having fun. And I will see you there next year, hopefully. Um I'm still kind of keeping it cool here uh you know just recovering from from everything that's happened this year thus far and uh hoping to just keep moving forward so uh thanks again guys for joining us Terry thank you again for being a part of this you got you have been instrumental in my growth you've been instrumental as a you know a, a, a mentor um yeah you're you you're a lot of wisdom out of you. So, so old. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Well, we will catch you next time on the next uh, edition of Hi Fi Hour.